Welcome to another episode of Chan with the Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional looking to grow your career and need some guidance along the way, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. In that group, I post daily content on two key topics when it comes to growing your career, the job search to help you land a new opportunity, and career guidance to give you strategies on how to get to the next level. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to join. Now on to today's topic. Danielle Kobo in last week's episode was talking about how to accelerate your growth through leadership. And as you grow your career, you'll get bigger titles, more responsibility, and all the perks and benefits that go along with that. However, as you move up the corporate ladder, you tend to have to deal with multiple types of people and multiple types of personalities. There's also politics that come into play. And sometimes the politics could lead to bullying. In a perfect society, I think everybody should have the right to love their job and love what they do without being disrespected in the workplace. Unfortunately, that's not the case. However, if you do love your job, but you can't stand some of the people that you have to work with because of bullying type tactics, then this episode is for you. As I have invited a guest that has experienced bullying in the workplace herself and how she was able to overcome it. Her name is Jean Tian, and she is an intuitive mindset coach specializing in working with female corporate executives who have finally lifted their head up after working hard to achieve professional success and are now ready to experience more in life without burnout. She uses her intuitive abilities as well as her own extensive corporate experience to support women as they get ready to impact the world in a way they have never imagined was possible. Now let's get into my discussion with Jean on how to overcome bullying in the workplace to improve your mental health and take charge of your career. Happy Friday, Jean. Happy Friday. <laughs> How was your week so far? The week has been very busy, which makes the time go by, but then what makes it just go by a little too quick, I guess, maybe sometimes. <laughs> How are you doing? Good. And what a great way to end off the work week by recording a podcast, right? Yeah, well, I like this. This I don't mind. It is the busy work that comes with work that gets me kind of stuck in the weeds sometimes. Is this your first podcast recording, by the way? No, it's actually, no, it's not. I was going to say it's actually my number or something, but I don't have that number off the top of my head, but it absolutely is not my first podcast recording. <laughs> Great. So you're a seasoned veteran, so we'll go through this fairly smoothly. Sounds good. I'm looking Great. forward to it. Absolutely. And again, I really appreciate you taking some time out of your busy, hectic schedule, as you mentioned, to come on my podcast to discuss something that I think is very important right now, which is mental health in the workplace. Yes. So yes, uh, I, I think a lot of people experience some mental health issues during COVID. We're working from home, not having that socialization. But the main point that I want to discuss with you today, Gene, is about bullying in the workplace, right? About toxic workplace environments. I, I know a lot of professionals, they think about the extrinsic rewards of a job first, such as salary, promotions, and other benefits and perks. But at the end of the day, regardless of what job you work at, you are going to have to work with 
different types of people with different types of personalities. And sometimes you might not be able to get along with these types of people. And as the saying goes, people don't leave companies, they leave managers or they leave people or they leave their work environment, right? Yep. So absolutely. I know for you, you've had some personal experience dealing with bullying. So why don't we start this off with just telling our listeners about your career path and very high level, the types of bullying that you have experienced, and then we can dive deeper into those situations and how you handle them. Yeah, absolutely, Max. Thanks so much for having me on as well. And so before I get started, though, I want to just kind of pre-qualify the word bullying, because I think bullying, when you go into like legal bullying terms, right? Um, And I have had this experience with like my kids at school, etc. They have such a high threshold of what bullying actually is. And I think even in the workforce today, the threshold of what qualifies as bullying, I don't know if it's if it's realistic, right? So let's just say like bullying is anything where, as you mentioned, it creates that really toxic work environment where either your manager or your coworkers are extremely mean, (laughs) for lack of a better word. I don't want to curse. So, you know, like they're just extremely difficult and extremely challenging. And it almost feels like they have it out for you, right, on a day-to-day basis. So let me just kind of qualify that if you don't mind. Just because I think otherwise, when we go into like the legal definition of bullying, it's it's a whole different conversation as well. And so my background is I've been in corporate for over 20 years. I've always been in finance over this period of time, starting from when I graduated university. I went into finance for a few years, went to law school, graduated, and then went back into finance, but just a different component of it. I've worked at some of the top U.S. investment banks, including Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, et cetera. And I'm still in a corporate and investment banking environment today. And I think with finance, you know, you see the movies out there, right? The Wolf of Wall Street, you see whatever. They glorify some of the aspects of finance but and, and also working in corporate. But what they don't often show is what is at, you know, like kind of the day-to-day aspects of working with individuals that tend to be very type A personalities because finance and a few other, you know, as as well as many other industries tend to kind of the type A personalities towards them, right? They tend to attract that type of personality. And when you have a whole bunch of type A personalities together in one group or in one area, it could get to be a little bit hectic or chaotic, I'll say. And so for me, it started off, you know, with it was a lot. So for me, it was a lot tougher going into finance than I was expecting. I actually didn't expect kind of this like harsh real world kind of like jumping right into this level of corporate environment. So it was a bit of a wake up call for me. But what I had also realized was that, you know, there was, there's been a number of managers and there's been, you know, all throughout my career, starting from the beginning to the, you know, to the current, where I've had to work with individuals that were extremely, extremely toxic. And even, you know, most recent, even most recently, not the one that I currently have, but most recent experiences that I have had have been with managers who like to use fear as a tactic to make this person's, this manager's employees comply and almost like to push them to work harder than almost that they really need to. It's it's almost like they took pleasure in their team's pain, right? But I've also worked with employees or coworkers and teammates that 
you know, they didn't appreciate the new person coming in. They would make it extremely challenging for this person to get anything done. Well, for me, really, at that time, to get anything done. If I had ever had any questions or if I had any suggestions, it was always, you know, very negative responses. They would exclude me from everything. And then when this coworker had the opportunity to step up and actually be my manager, because our manager had gone on sick leave, he basically took every opportunity he could to really just make my life very uncomfortable, including, you know, rules that were designed just for me. So for example, if I went to the doctor's appointment, I had to use my vacation days. And that was like a requirement that was just for me. And I was pregnant at that time. So you can kind of see some of the toxicity that I've worked with within the workplace over the, the last 20 years that I've been in corporate. That's terrible. So let's go back to the fear mongering, right? Because a yeah. lot of managers, that type of managing style, like have, using fear tactics, like if you don't get this done, then you don't get this. Or they basically give you empty threats of uh, potentially you losing your job. So like, how do you combat that to ensure that you are standing up for yourself and you're not going to submit to their fear mongering? Yeah, well, in the beginning, I didn't know how to, I'll be honest, like I submitted to it. And it just made my life a living hell. Because once you submit to it, and they see that they have control over you in that sense, they pretty much live off of that, they thrive off of that. And it, there's a compound effect to that as well, meaning like they see it, they know it, and they keep kind of like sticking that dagger within you, right? Like to work harder, to do more, to comply. And anytime this manager would say jump, like you're expected to say how high. And if you don't say how high, if you question it, then, you know, there, there's the question of, oh, are you really capable of doing your job? And then the threats of bonus, you know, being cut or your job being, you know, at risk, that's, you know, that's where it comes in, right? I've actually had teammates that have also said that they, you know, they, they've actually termed certain things in terms of like feedback that the manager would give as beatdowns. <laughs> so you can kind of imagine that level of environment. It was never like supportive, um, constructive feedback. It was always very heavy uh, criticism, right? And with, with a very condescending attitude. So with regards to how do you handle it, you know, it took me, I'll be honest, it took me a while, right, to really come to terms with the fact that this doesn't work for me, and that it wasn't long term, and it wasn't sustainable. And it got to a point where it was extremely toxic. And even with the tools that I'll, I'll share in a minute, but even with the tools, it wasn't, you know, you can't, you have to, like, first and foremost, you have to realize that it's never about you as the person as the employee, right? That said, your work has to be of quality like that in and of itself, I think is a given. So everything else I'm saying, please note that like this, it comes with the given that like your work does have to be of quality now, but it's never really about the work so much that could be the trigger for some of the behavior or inappropriate behavior, but it's really never there. But, you know, assuming that your work is of quality, then the next thing is to understand that it's never about you as the person or the recipient, right, of, of this behavior. It's always about the other person. There's something that the other person, whether it's a manager or a coworker, is going through that drives this level of behavior. And most of the time, if you really look at it and if you really look into the energy behind the individual, behind the situation, we come to the root cause of fear, 
Okay. So understanding that the root cause of it, you can pretty much turn the situation around. So what is this, you know, if you really look at it, what is this person most fearful of? What is your coworker or your manager most fearful of? Most of the time, it's afraid of judgment. It's afraid of losing their job. It's afraid of being beat down by their manager, right? Because it oftentimes come from the top down, right? So then understanding that, you can use that to shift the situation, to leverage your understanding of the situation, to shift it so that, you know, knowing that this person is so afraid of whatever it is, losing his job or being beat down by his manager or, you know, not having it done correctly, et cetera, or, you know, whatever. You can then say, okay, what, what can I do to support my manager, to support my coworker and kind of to reestablish certain things? Now that said, this doesn't work a hundred percent, right? Because people will always, they, you can't change the other person but you can always make the situation better. Now, there are going to be times also where you've done what you can with your highest of integrity and the situation doesn't really change and it is up to you to determine whether or not you're willing to stand for it. And oftentimes we get into this abuse victim mentality of like, oh, well, maybe I deserved it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's really not as bad as I think it is. And then so, you know, like, let me just give it another year. Let me give it another try. Or we get caught into the golden handcuffs, right? Because you're in corporate, et cetera. And it's like, okay, it's not that bad. I have, you know, I have my kids to support. I have a trip that I, I, you know, that's coming up. There's this goal. I have a house that I want to buy. So the money is worth it. But then I think when you look at the mental health aspect of the job, you have to ask the question, is it really worth it? Right. So if you decide that this is what you choose to do, then the tools basically are number one, recognize that it's never about you individually in terms of being the recipient of this level of toxicity. But you also have the power to respond to the situation in a way that best is aligned with yourself. So meaning like, for example, one recent situation I had, right, I worked different individual, different coworker, I worked with this individual, and I made a mistake. And I recognize that and I hate making mistakes, I beat myself up for mistakes. But on top of that, I had this person beating me up for mistake in a very condescending, very abrupt, very harsh, unnecessary way. And then so I started to question myself. Right. And I started to shift who I was because I didn't want to work with this person anymore. And the future request that I got for this person that I was required to respond to. Right. I didn't give it my best, but that's not who I am. That is me just kind of reacting to the situation. And so that's something that you also want to be aware of is that just because this person is a jerk to you doesn't mean that you change. If you're, if you're a person of integrity, if you're a person who works hard, stay the course. Do not allow the other person to push you into being something that you're not. Does that make sense? Yes, it is a bit difficult, right? Uh, especially when that manager's your superior, right? So there's yes. only so much that you can do and that you don't want to push boundaries right in terms of like if you start pushing it they might push back it might even make it worse right so what's your take on that in terms of like how to like stand your ground be true to yourself and establish those boundaries so you don't get taken advantage of 
Absolutely. So there's a couple of different ways, right? You can go the route of ego versus ego, meaning, oh, you know, like I, you're going to do this to me. I'll do this right back to you, you know, and that never works. <laughs> that like never, ever works when you're dealing with the bully. The, the biggest way to work with the bully is really to just disarm the bully. And how can you disarm the bully? Like if you, they hit you, you hit them back, but that's what they're expecting, right? So if they hit you and you don't respond or you don't react, but you respond in a way that shows them compassion, that's disarming them. So I know that this sounds like, oh, very, you know, spiritual and not real world, but it actually really works in the real world. And, you know, and I can't think of an example like off the top of my head, but there's, let's see, one of my former managers was, you know, extremely difficult, extremely, extremely difficult. But the thing is, is that, and, you know, very toxic too. And it was something that like people everywhere would see. But the thing is, is that I was able to work for this manager, for the most part, I would say 80% on good terms, right? And, but like, not without, you know, those situations where it was extremely like condescending, etc. But the way I would handle it is I would understand, I would say, okay, what exactly is the situation here? What exactly is it that they're asking me to do? This person is asking me to do. What is the deliverable that they're asking? What are they really looking to achieve? Right. Take the words aside. Take the 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 at the negative attitude aside. Right. Take all of that aside. What is really at the core of what they're looking for you to do? That makes sense. And I think the issue that many people might have is to leave the emotion out of it. Right. Because like mm-hmm. you're worked up, uh, you're being mentally beat down, and you're trying to maintain a professional face, but it's difficult with all this emotion. Uh, coming from you. So how how do you leave the emotion out of the situation so you can disarm the bully? A lot of alcohol at night. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just totally kidding. So with regards to taking the emotions out of it, I think that goes to the prior point of recognizing that whatever, it's not a personal attack. Although it feels really personal, it's not a personal attack ever. And even though they may make it personal, it's not a personal attack. This person is treating everybody pretty much very similar in a very, very similar fashion. And so your job is to take that aspect right, and, and, and separate yourself from what they're saying with what it is that you're there to do, which is your job. And that's pretty much it. You don't have to be your, your, your manager's best friend right? But you do have to support your manager in the way that you know how to or in the best way possible. And so for the most part, if the, and I can recognize this even within myself, when I was managing individuals, I've had days where it was so difficult because my manager was being so difficult, right? And so there were really challenging days, some more than others. And then so sometimes my tone was off with my employees. I was a little bit more abrupt, right? Was I ever a bully? No. But if I take that, you know, times 10, could I have been? Yes. Right. But it's never about the employees. I mean, it, assuming that the employees like work product is good. Again, I have to like put that in there. Right. But it's really never about the employees because everybody's there to do a job. And then when we recognize that aspect of it, that's really all that we're there for. But that said, if the 
but I kind of want to pre-qualify this because this is like such a great area, right? In terms of bullying that said, if what was said by the manager or if by your coworker makes you uncomfortable because it is totally inappropriate, then you have absolutely every right to confront your manager. And you can do that in a way that doesn't have to be confrontational, but you have every right to stand up for yourself, right? But you also have to be willing to walk away because again, we don't change the other person. We can only change ourselves, right? And and I think one of the more challenging parts of corporate too is that HR doesn't always work on our behalf. So you can go to HR, but again, this is why I said earlier that if it doesn't meet the threshold, you know, legally of something that's illegal, HR doesn't really do anything. They have conversations with individuals. They have, you know, it might go into a performance management report. And, you know, so there are ways to have this conversation, but you also have to recognize the reality of the fact that number one, the person may not change. And number two, you may have to walk away. I think the most powerful thing is in terms of leverage is that having that power to walk away, knowing that if this doesn't work out, you're willing to quit the next day type mm-hmm. of thing. And that's mm-hmm. it goes back to the bullying, right? Like they think that you're their only option. So they're mm-hmm. going to walk over you. But if you can stand up for yourself, knowing that you could leave the next day if you wanted to, then they lose all that power, right? Yep, Absolutely. And I think even when you have that mentality of like, I don't need this, like, I don't need this, right? I don't need to stay here. I have options. Even if you don't have another job lined up, you're confident that you can get another one and that you're too, you're, you know, like, and you're confident and knowing that you don't deserve this crap, right? The attitude that you have at work is extremely different than if you go into the job every day in fear that you're going to lose your job. And when you go into the job every day in fear that you're going to lose your job, this is when the bullies get their power too. Because that's what they leverage. That's what they take advantage of. Like you said, oh, I need this job. Oh, she needs this job. She has a mortgage to pay. Oh, you know, she has kids to feed. Okay, so then, you know, like, let me take a little bit more advantage. But when you when you go in knowing that like you don't you don't need this whatever this is that that is encompassed for you at the office, right? Your attitude at work is very different, and the energy that you have is very different, and the way that people treat you will also be different because you know that you're worth you don't deserve to be treated in that way. It, it goes back to that saying, right? People uh, interact with you based on how you respond, right? So what I mean by that is like, if you're letting people walk over you and you're not saying anything, then they're going to continue to do that, right? So in a way, if you want change, you have to make change by changing your uh, demeanor and mindset, right? Because if, again, people can only do things to you based on how you react to it, whether it's doing nothing or standing up for yourself, right? Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And then actually one story that comes to mind, if you don't mind me sharing, Max, was something recent that had happened where there's an individual that actually I worked with and always very confrontational in terms of like prior, you know, conversations, et cetera. But that is who the person is. And, you know, you kind of accept that the conversations for the most part will be very just like tense or unpleasant. But in one of the conversations that we had, this person started to like literally 
verbally attack me, you know, saying like, oh, you're the reason that this conversation went downhill. Everything was fine until you joined the conversation, like that level of attack. Right. And so in that situation, what would you do? Some people could just suck it up because they don't care. Right. They're like, it doesn't bother me. We, we know for me, it was a little bit like it threw me off because I've never experienced anything like that. So there were two options that I had. I could have either ignored it or like sucked it up and dealt with it on my own, or I could report it, right? Because I know that that didn't sit right with me at all. And quite frankly, it was totally inappropriate. And so in the past, I would have just kept my mouth shut because it's like, oh, well, I don't want to rock the boat and, you know, it's fine. I'll handle it. I'll deal with it. But knowing that I don't have to handle it, knowing that it's not okay, and knowing that, you know, I don't deserve to be spoken to like that, right? And I chew and I have my boundaries, right? I set my boundaries like that is not how other people speak to me. I did report it up to my managers and also out to HR. But when you report it up and out, you also have to know, you also have to go in with what you want them to do about it, right? Because again, if it's not illegal, what is it that you want them to do? Do you want them to fire the person? Do you want them to discipline the person? Do you want them to just know about it? You know, whatever it is, right? You have to have like an end result in mind. And then they will work with you to see if it's possible. That makes sense. And to go back to what you said about reporting to HR. So there's that saying that goes, HR is to protect the company, not protect mm-hmm. you, right? So when should you go to HR and when shouldn't you? Because there's also that some potential repercussions, right? Because if you do report the manager to HR, the HR might let them know that this was reported and then there might be some meeting between you and the manager. So there's a whole lot of stuff that could happen. So yeah, when would you go to HR and when shouldn't you? And then what tends to be the process if you decide to go ahead? You should go to HR when you have an end result, an end goal in mind. And usually I will say this is that if your end goal is to have the other person fired, I wouldn't go to HR. I would reevaluate that end goal because unless it is illegal, it's most likely not going to happen. And it actually looks poorly and reflects poorly on you because if you go to HR, the goal really should be how do we improve this situation for everybody, for, 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 you know, for the betterment of the company, right? Because let's leverage that. What you just said, HR works for the company. We all work for the company. So it's important to go to HR when your end goal is about how do I improve this situation for the company? So perhaps the individual is, you know, like I mentioned before, known to be surly or cranky or confrontational, etc. Right. And then other people that you know, have also dealt with it. And so perhaps the end goal there is to understand and make this person aware that it is not okay, that it is, you know, that his behavior or her behavior is impacting others more than he or she realizes right? Then HR will actually work towards you to come to a resolution. But if you're going to HR to vent, if you're going with revenge in mind, it's not going to work. And yeah, absolutely. If you're going to complain about your manager, your HR will absolutely, you know, unless your manager did something illegal, meaning like harassment or discrimination of some sort, right? Then they keep it confidential. 
But if it is something where it is more of a toxic environment, it's not illegal, but it's very uncomfortable and the employee is unhappy, if you go to HR to complain about your manager, your manager will know because they will have to speak to your manager and to say like, hey, you know, your team member, Jean, came to me and mentioned that, you know, you said this and that it made her uncomfortable or you've been doing this and it's, you know, and she said that, you know, you're you're extremely rude or whatever the situation is, right, at work. And so the, the and their goal is really to say, how do we fix this? How do we fix this situation? Right. And they'll always ask the employee or they should be always asking the employee, what is it that you want to come out of this? Why are you coming to us? You know, like, what is it that we can do to make you feel better or to make it better for you? Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Because if you go into HR just for revenge, you're the same as the bully, right? You always want to think about like how to improve the situation. And mm-hmm. in your experience, have you gone to HR and dealt with this with a manager of yours or even a client of yours where it actually ended up working out better at the end? I, to be honest, I haven't gone to H. No, let me see. No, you know what? When I, so let remember the example I gave where one of my manage, co-workers turned managers asked me to start using my like if to be to start using my vacation days, if I had to step out of the office for a couple of hours for a doctor's appointment because I was pregnant, right? So like, I remember I went to HR, I was so scared to go to HR. And I went, you know, quote, unquote, off the record, which nothing is off the record, if you ever go to the, you know, HR, by the way. So I went off the record. And, you know, I was like, Oh, is this really possible? And I was very, like, afraid. And I was very I will say weak about it. Okay. And HR at that point didn't do anything. They basically said it's up to manager's discretion. Right. Now, had I been much more strong about it and had I been much more empowered about it and, you know, knowing what my boundaries are, et cetera, I would have gone in with a very different ask, which is, you know, I, I, I'm asking to be treated fairly. I'm asking to be treated as everybody else. And if this is not happening with all the other team members in the, you know, in the group, then it should not be happening to me. And I, you know, I would like for this to be addressed, right? Like those are two very different situations. Have I gone to HR about a manager? No, because at this point in my career, I've been able to manage challenging coworkers and managers without having to go to, well, except for the last one that like personally attacked me, but without having to go to HR, because I know going to HR, they're not going to do anything, you know, that you want them to do. They may have a couple of words with the manager and the manager may, you know, change for a couple months, but then everything goes back to normal. So it's really up to us as the individuals, as the employees to recognize what it is that we want and then to be able to kind of shift our perspective about it and to know like, when is it okay? When is it not acceptable? And when is it time to leave? Yeah, that's a good point. At the end of the day, you are responsible for your own career and you're responsible for the reactions that you put out based off how people treat you, right? So I think that's the main thing, right? There's only so many things that people can help you with, but ultimately you have to tackle it all on your own, right? Or by yourself. We have to address our ability to respond to the difficult situations. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, as you said before, HR is the absolute last resort. 
you should be able to build up the skills to be able to manage uh, bullying uh, for yourself so you have a better uh, work environment. Yeah. And again, qualifying that with as long as it's, you know, if it's illegal, go to HR, like absolutely go to HR. But if it doesn't meet that threshold of, you know, illegal, there's very little that HR can do. Going back to the harassment portion, right? What's the difference between harassment and bullying? And yeah, what's the fine line between that? I think so. There's a legal definition. And and to be honest, I don't know what the legal definition is. Right. But with regards to harassment and bullying, you know, I I personally think that harassment and bullying are just layers of the same thing, right? Because if you're being bullied, you're being harassed at work. It's a very uncomfortable situation. You're you're not being supported, but it's it goes more than that. It almost becomes like more on the personal attacks and like the other person taking every opportunity to pick fault with you to kind of personally attack you, to, you know, make your life just really, really miserable in however way that they do it. You know, the way that they speak to you, the feedback that they give to you, you know, they could call you stupid. They could call you, you know, and and I'll be honest, calling you, like if I called my team members stupid, that would not be illegal. But would you consider that to be harassment? If you're getting called stupid every day, yeah, I think so, right? You know, if they're doing things to like either physically hurt you, that's bullying, that needs to be reported into HR, right? And that's a level that can be reported into HR. There's managers who give their team members work on a Friday evening at 8 p.m. and they expect it to be turned around by Saturday or Sunday, right? And if you don't turn it around, you get a quote-unquote lashing from, from your manager. I think we've had those managers before. That would be harassment. I guess it comes with experience in terms of like, so what's the action? Is it harassment or is it a bullying? Yeah. And I think it's up to the individual as well, too, a lot of times. Right. And that's why I don't like the legal definitions, because what's bullying to me could be bullying, could be different than bullying to you. But does that minimize my level of bullying or does that minimize your level of bullying? Like that doesn't make sense to me ever. Right. So like if somebody is not treating you right at work, I think there's very different levels. And then so if it goes to the extreme of bullying, then absolutely, I think that that needs to be addressed like right away. And I don't want to like limit it because then people can say, well, oh, then maybe my experience isn't bullying. No, I think it just really takes the individual to take a look at the situation and say like, okay, is this person being a bully? Am I being bullied? And then to understand and accept the fact that, yeah, they may be in a position where they are being bullied and that they have a decision to make, right? Rather rather than questioning themselves and saying, maybe it's not real. Because it, if they're feeling it, it most likely is real. Absolutely. And if someone's listening right now and they have a manager that's bullying them, what would be some steps that you could suggest to them to implement tomorrow? Yeah. So I say, number one, take a look at what is really happening, right? Break down, take, take a step back, take like, if they were to say, you know, kind of take a look at it as if they were advising their friend, right? Rather than themselves, because when we put ourselves and we're looking at it from our own perspective, we get very like attached to the outcome. Right. So take a look. So by taking yourself out of the picture and putting in your friend or something like that, take a look at what is really happening. 
right? And then look to see if there's a way that they that this person can look to make the situation better, take it upon themselves to shift things to make it better, right? And if they're not doing it, and if they try and it's not working, then I would say have a conversation with the manager and say like, hey, listen, you know, I've worked really hard. I've really, you know, try to be, you know, I really try to meet your expectations. It really looks like I'm failing. Can you, you know, I'm really struggling here. Help me understand what it is that I can do better for you because I get the sense that you are not happy with my work. I get the sense that, you know, I'm not meeting your expectations, right? And then trying to see if you guys can work together that way, okay? And then if it still doesn't work, then I think that brings you to the question of, well, is this ever going to really change? You know, could you go to HR and say like, hey, I've tried this, this, and this, but it doesn't seem to work. Anything else that they want to suggest, right? Or maybe they look at other opportunities within the firm, or they maybe look at externally. Nobody has to stay in that situation ever. Exactly. There's always options. Never believe that you don't have any options and that's the best you can do. There's always an opportunity out there that you'll be a lot happier with. So I want to end this podcast episode with one last question for you, Jean. So my podcast is about overcoming common career challenges. So for you, I know we talked a lot about bullying the workplace, but what is Mm -hmm. one career lesson or career challenge that you overcame that made you who you are today? That's a great question. And I actually, what is one career lesson? I think the one career lesson that I've learned that I think has helped me along the way is really to understand that what I do at the office is not about me. It's not about my personal gain. And I think so often we go in thinking that this is about ourselves. It's about us, but it's not about, it's really not about me. It's not about us. And when you can go in with that, right, I think it shifts a lot of things. It opens a lot of different opportunities because your mindset is working towards the common good rather than for your own personal gain. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Great. So again, I appreciate you sharing your stories of bullying and how you overcame it. I think that's definitely going to help a lot of my listeners who are facing some type of bullying at work. So how can people connect with you to learn more about your story and how you can help them? Yeah. So if people are interested in connecting with me, they can find me on LinkedIn. I'm at Jean F as in Frank Tien. And so it's at Jean F Tien. And also I am at Jean F Tien on Instagram um, for those of you guys who are on Instagram too. Okay, thanks again, Jean. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Thank you again to Jean for taking the time to discuss her career story and her experience with bullying and what she did to overcome it. I hope that if you're not in a great work environment, that this episode will give you some strategies and advice on how to push back the bullying and take charge of your career. As always, if you want to hear my commentary on this topic, make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. If you are a professional that is looking to grow your career, whether it's looking for a new job or career guidance to get you to the next level, then come join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan, where I post daily content on career-oriented topics to help take your career to the direction that you want it to go. This is Chan with a Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan. 
and I thank you for listening.